are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. So today I'm choosing faith. How about you? You're choosing faith today? Amen. We started choosing it last week, and I'm still choosing it today. I choose faith. Amen. In computing, a hyperlink, or simply a link, is a reference to data that the user can follow by clicking or tapping. It's really a text or a graphic that indicates it can be clicked. You've probably seen those little blue lines under things. Oh, God, just click, and now you're somewhere else. Interacting with hyperlinks is perhaps the most frequent action done by, every, by users every time they go online. A Nielsen report from 10 years ago estimated that the average user visits 2,646 different web pages every day, each of them which may have up to 100 hyperlinks. And so based on these figures, it can be estimated that on average, users are running across 27,000 hyperlinks every month or 324,000 links a year. How about that? You didn't know you were so connected, did you? No wonder that hyperlinks are integral to the Internet experience and have been since the dawn of interconnectivity when Tim Berners-Lee described the web as simply documents and links. So a hyperlink is a way for you to access information from a different source than the one you're viewing at the moment. A hyperlink transports you and opens up possibility. And you have probably already accessed one today. Maybe you didn't even know it, but you probably have. If you opened your phone, turn on your phone, you probably have already accessed a hyperlink today. So what does the concept of hyperlink have to do with faith? I want to share with you a quote from the book The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson to share some light on this connection. Our most powerful prayers are hyperlinked to the promises of God. When you know you are praying the promises of God, you can pray with holy confidence. It's the difference between between praying on thin ice and praying on solid ground. It's the difference between, between praying tentatively and praying tenaciously. You don't have to second guess yourself because you know God wants you to double click on his promises. So faith isn't just wishful thinking, and faith isn't just a positive mindset, and faith isn't just hoping that things will turn out all right. But what is faith? Because we've been voting faith all week. Have you been voting faith? I've been voting all week, no doubt. Come on. That doesn't mean I haven't had an opportunity to doubt. Believe me, I have. But I've been voting faith. I've been putting my vote in faith. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what is faith? As defined in these verses, it's a conviction of the truth of something. When I have faith, I believe it is true. Whatever that is, it's true. It's a belief. And genuinely with faith comes trust. And Batterson said, our most powerful prayers are linked 
to the promises of God. Our faith is linked or hyperlinked to something, and that's the promises of God. So we want to connect our faith to God's promises. But what are those promises? If you Google the promises of God, you will find so many different answers. There's even people who say there are actually 30,000 promises of God in the scripture. That's a lot. When there's only 37,000 verses in the Bible, so hey, (laughs) that's a lot of promises. It's all over the map as to how many promises there are. But this is really amazing that the Hebrew language has no simple word that actually corresponds to the word promise. There's no direct translation into the word promise from the Hebrew. So I want to share with you this morning two Hebrew words which are defined as promise. The first one is devar, devar. The Hebrew word that comes the closest to promise is the word devar. And it it means to say, to speak, to tell, to appoint, to declare, to pronounce, to subdue. It literally means matter. That when I say that word devar, I'm talking about a substance. I'm talking about an object. I'm talking about molecules and things that have come together. So when God says, I say it or I promise it, it is as good as a thing already there in front of you. Amen. God's promises are his words. And in his eyes, they're solid as objects. 1 Kings 8.56 says this, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not one failed word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses. He said, look, if I said it, it is as good as done. Wouldn't we like to live that way where our promises were already as good as done? But with God, that is true. When he said it, his promises are good as done. So God's promises are virtually obligations he's imposed upon himself. And when he says it, it's solid. It's already done. I want to give you another Hebrew word that uh, relates to the promises of God. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. You only have to get three verses into the Bible before you find this word. Genesis 1, 3 says, and God said. That word said, amar, said, means to speak to utter, to answer, to command, to tell, to promise. Just three verses into the word of God, he said, I promise. I promise. If I say it, it's as good as a promise. If I speak it, it's as good as done. Hallelujah. As sure as God is, his word is that sure, and his promises are that sure. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you two things about the promises of God this morning. They are unfailing. The promises of God do not fail. Joshua 23, 14 says, Joshua was near the end of his life, and he was speaking to all of Israel. And he said, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke. And that word spoke is actually the word promised to you concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Joshua said, here we are standing at the end of my life, seeing all that God has done. He brought you out of Egypt. He brought you through the wilderness. He brought you to a promised land that he gave to you. And I'm standing here today telling you that not one word that God has ever told you has failed. Joshua said, you can believe in that, that his word is that sure. Hallelujah. Second thing is that the promises of God are upheld by his oath. 
by his own oath. Hebrews 6.13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. He said, there's no one for me to say greater that this is the promise. I'm telling you it's the promise. And if I say it's the promise, it is the promise. That by two immutable things in which it it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Here's the truth, that when you lay hold on a promise from God, it's like an anchor for your soul. Have you ever been through a rough time in life? Come on, Calvary, have you ever been to a place where you just did not see your way out, or you didn't see how it was going to work, or you didn't know what the answer was, but there was this anchor in your soul? It's because you were linked, as it were, hyperlinked to a promise from God, which said, no, I can't see what's happening right now, but here's what I know. I know the promises of God are yea and amen, and they do not lie. So even though my current situation doesn't line up right now, I am trusting. I'm choosing to have faith. I'm deciding not to have doubt like Pastor Don preached last week. I'm looking for an answer beyond my situation. That's faith. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. So we've established that God makes and keeps promises. But then the question really becomes, but are these promises for me? Can God bring these promises into my life? Are these promises transferable to me? Joshua 1, verses 2 and 3, this was the Lord speaking to Joshua, and this is what he said. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And this is what he said to Joshua. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. The promise that I just read to you was not given to Joshua. It was given to Moses. But here is Joshua standing on the brink of the promised land. And God said, don't worry. Every promise that I made to to Moses, I am giving it to you. Why? Because I said it. That word said there is devar. It's promise. I promise you, Joshua. That everything that I have said to Moses, I am now giving to you. Hallelujah. In much the same way as God transferred his promises from Moses to Joshua, all of God's promises have been transferred to us through Christ. Oh, you are rich today because you have a hyperlink to the promises of God. Hallelujah. You can have confidence in this, this first day of November, in this crazy year of 2020, that God is still keeping his promises. There was a prophecy given through Isaiah around 742 B.C. about the Messiah. A very familiar passage of scripture, Isaiah 53, 5. You can probably quote it with me. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. What a promise. Hallelujah. It was a promise to cover our transgressions and our iniquities. It was a promise to give us peace and healing. But the question I'm asking today is, can those promises be mine? Can I hyperlink to those promises and bring them into my life? 
About 770 years later, John chapter 19, verse 1 records how Christ, after having lived his life, finally came to the point of his crucifixion. And then John 17, 9, John 19, verse 1 says, so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. That word scourge actually means to lay stripes upon his back. Jesus is standing there 770 years later, linking to the promise that was given through Isaiah that said the stripes would be laid on the back of the Messiah, and through his stripes, we would receive healing. He linked himself to the promise that was made 700 years before. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I'm giving you a hyperlink this morning to the promise of God in your life. Why? Because Jesus Christ stood there and took the stripes on his own back. So that he would bring the promise into today. And now the promise comes to us. Hallelujah. Oh, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live without hope. Why? Because we have access to the promises of God. Hallelujah. Let me show you how it worked. Acts chapter three, verses six through nine. Peter is standing there at the gate and he is talking to a man who had been lame for many years. And this is what he said. He said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you a link to the promises of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Peter said, here you are in desperate need of healing, but I'm giving you a link to the promise of God. Why? Because the promises of God do not fail. And through the body of Christ and the strength that were on his back. The man who was lame had access to the healing. Our faith is the most potent when it's linked to the promises of God. Hallelujah. We have a promise of salvation and healing, and we are linking our faith to the promises of God. I want to talk to you about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Joel chapter 2 verse 19. It says, uh, this is from the Old Testament, the Lord will answer and will say to his people. That word say is the word amar. It means to speak, to command, to tell, to call, to promise. Joel said, God is getting ready to tell you something. He's making you a promise. So he begins to call out what God is going to do. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. And it came to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This was revolutionary. No person had ever been baptized with the Holy Spirit before. God had put his, his spirit in temples. He had put his spirit in different places, but not on people. And Joel was standing there saying, I'm making you a promise that God will pour his spirit about on people and that you will be filled with the spirit of God. Wow. Praise God. 
Aren't you glad for that promise that was made to Joel all those years ago? Now move hundreds of years forward. Jesus is standing with his disciples and with those who had gathered. This is after his crucifixion, after his resurrection. He's getting ready to ascend to heaven. Luke 24, verse 49, he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father to you. Go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus was standing on that mountaintop, reaching back into Joel, pulling out the prophecy that the Spirit of God would be poured out on every person. Oh, aren't you glad this morning? that you have direct access to the promises of God. Oh, thank God for the day I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for Joel's prophecy. Thank God for Christ standing there saying, and I will pour my spirit out upon you. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Oh, I came with such a burden this morning for any person who has not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. Hallelujah. Jesus was saying, I'm promising you something. I'm promising you that the Spirit will be poured out upon you. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, that story rolls on. They go to Jerusalem. They're in the upper room. They're praying for 10 days. They keep on praying. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. They began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak in many different languages. There were tongues of fire that sat upon each of them. And the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit fell on that day of Pentecost. When everyone started hearing about it, they said, what is this? What, what is this that just happened to these people? We're hearing them speak in these languages. We don't even understand. Acts chapter 2, verses 16. Peter explaining to the crowd that had witnessed the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is what he said. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He's standing there creating a hyperlink between the promises of God and those people that day. He said, the spirit of God is yours. This is why he came to the planet to pour the spirit of God out upon you. And you have direct access to the promise of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He begins to quote exactly the words from Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my flesh, of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions. Your young men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and you shall prophesy. They said, Is this what is happening right now? Peter said, Yes, this is it. What Joel prophesied all those years ago, you're standing here right now witnessing it for yourself. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, they said, Okay, then how can this happen to us? What do we need to do? Acts 2.38, Peter's transferring the promise to them. Then Peter said unto them, repent, hallelujah, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you 
and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Has the Lord filled you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Could you give a witness to that today? I know it's a tired Sunday. I know we've got an extra hour of sleep, but hey, you are the recipient of a hundreds and hundreds of years old promise that was made to a prophet many years ago. And Christ stood on that mountain in Bethany and said, this is for you. This promise is for you. And I came to tell you today, you should not leave here without the baptism of the Holy Spirit because this promise is for you. Oh, hallelujah. A hyperlink to the promise of God. Oh, the power of God can change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today we're voting faith. And we're linking our faith to the promises of God. And so now I'd like to read my text to you. (laughs) As I'm almost finished with this message. This is my text today. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Last week, Pastor Tom challenged us to have faith, to vote faith, to live faith, to walk in faith. Have you felt this week your faith challenged? Has anybody had a week where it's like, oh, someone's punching at me against my faith? Has anybody challenged you? Has your mind been challenged? Can I get through this? Can I make it? Have you felt that doubt? Come on, has anybody felt it? I have it pushing on me, saying, come on, you don't have faith. How does faith come to you? Is it just wishful thinking? Is it you just prop your mind up and hope it works? No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you build your faith. Hallelujah. Why? Because his promises are true and they do not lie. Praise God. Praise God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The hearing of God's word is the foundation of faith itself. So if you're struggling to have faith, it's time to link your faith to the promises of God. This verse doesn't say, and I I read this several times as I was studying. I'm like, why doesn't this verse just say faith comes by hearing the word of God? Why is this verse broken up that way? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to reverse it for you today and read it backwards. The word of God brings the ability to hear. And the result of that hearing is your faith. The word of God itself brings the ability to hear. And the result of the hearing is that faith. Revelation 2.29 says that if you have an ear, it's time to hear. Oh, God. It's time to lay down your questions and your concerns and all the complications. Faith pushes past all that. Faith lays that down and accesses the promises of God. That's what faith is. It's taking that doubt. It's taking those questions and saying, no, mm -mm, no, I'm not listening to that voice. Why? Because you know what's true? this. This is what's true. Hallelujah. You have to lay down your reasoning, your what ifs, and what if God doesn't, and lay it all down and hear the word of God. There's a very interesting story recorded in 2 Kings about a child who had died. 2 Kings 4 verse 31 says, Now Gehazi, who was a servant, he went on ahead of them, and he laid the staff on the face of the child. And then he made this observation. He said, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, the child has not awakened. He was really reporting the child had died. 
He said, the child cannot hear or speak. Today, when someone has died, we would say, they have no pulse. They are not breathing. That's how we know. But the Hebrew author of Second Kings is commenting on the state of death. When someone is dead, they can no longer communicate. It becomes impossible. Speaking and hearing are signs of life. And as I prayed for you this morning, as you heard this message, I prayed that you would be able to hear the word of God past all your doubt, past all the questions, past all the circumstances that are in your life, past all the challenges. Silence those and reach for the promises of God. That's how you vote faith. That's how you do it. It's not just because you think it to be so. It's like, no, you know what, God? This is what you said. This is what you said here, God. You said this, not me. You said this. Hallelujah. Your faith, your assurance, your belief is most powerful when it's hyperlinked to the promises of God. And he has placed within our hands the means whereby faith can be produced. It's by hearing the word of God. The responsibility rests with us as to whether or not we have faith. And as for me today, Pastor Tom, I'm voting faith. In the last 25 minutes, I have read for you 33 verses of scripture. I have hyperlinked you to multiple promises of God. The purpose of my message is to build your faith and fortify it for the days to come. And here's literally how it works. This is how it works. You hear the word of God, or you read the word of God, and all of a sudden, something inside you quickens. Have you ever had that experience? And you just go, you know what? I believe that. I, th- I think God's word is true. I want to believe that. It's a quickening inside of you that reaches for the truth from the word of God. It's a hyperlink to take you from your situation to the promise of God. It's this moment of, Lord, if you said you could do it, then you could do it for me. That's what faith is, linked to the promises of God. So today, do you need a hyperlink to a promise Are you in a situation where you really need God's word to come into your life? I'm going to read a few more verses this morning to directly connect you to a promise of God that he has for you. And I want you to get ready to respond to that word. Do you need a promise of salvation? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever wondered, hey, am I too far gone? Have I, have I done too much that God can't forgive me? The answer to that is no. He said, if you confess your sins, I will faithfully forgive those sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. There's nothing you could do that would put you too far from the reach of God today. There's no situation in your life that would be too much that God can't forgive. Hallelujah. There's no sin that's overwhelming that God can't root out and give you peace. Why? Because it's his promise. He said he would do it. And not only does he promise you salvation, he promises salvation to your children. Acts 2.39, for the promise is unto you and to your children. 
and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Is there anyone here today that has a child that has not yet received the Holy Spirit or is away from the Lord? Is there anybody here today? So the promise is to you and to your children. I'm hyperlinking you to the promise of God. There are hands up today. Can we just take a moment and pray? God, I'm claiming your promise for my children. I'm claiming your promise, God, for every child. You said the promise was to me, and it is to my children. I declare, God, the salvation of every child of the Calvary Church. In the name of Jesus, why? You promised it. We have access to it, God. We stand upon it. Hallelujah. We anchor ourselves to this promise. That's who you are. That's your desire. Hallelujah. Bring them, God, to a knowledge of truth. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do you need a promise for strength and courage? And I know some of you do today. Isaiah 41, 10. He said, fear not, Dagmar. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, you don't have to fear. You don't have to walk around with fear in your heart. Why? Because you are directly linked to the promise of God. I will help you. I am with you. I will hold you. I will uphold you with my hand. I will strengthen you. Oh, can you just link yourself to the promise of God today? It's a promise. And if he said it, he cannot lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about the promise of provision? Philippians 4, 19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You can have holy confidence that he is well able to provide for every need. And then the promise of healing. James chapter 5, 14. Is anyone sick among you? Then let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? This morning, we've given you direct access to the promises of God. You don't have to try and work yourself up when it comes to faith and say, I just hope I can believe this. No, no. When I know what the word of God says, and I dare to believe it, I'm linked to the promise of God. And that is how it works. (laughs) Praise God. So this morning, I'd like to open this altar. Is there anybody here today that just says, you know what? I need to connect with these promises because I'm facing challenges in my life where I've got a situation. Or maybe you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you feel the Lord calling you today. This promise is for you. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about The Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, 
Thanks for listening. 